Hey there, welcome to the Mint Measure podcast, where we cover everything related to attribution, incrementality, and marketing analytics. Here we go. Something we've heard from a lot of agency teams is that we just keep hearing this over and over, is that there's this desire to either justify, prove the effectiveness of spend in impression-based channels, things, you know, anything programmatic, CTV, streaming audio. And then once you can do that, figure out how to get clients to invest more there because I mean, it's really good for the agency's bottom line and it's it, those channels drive a lot of results for advertisers. Yeah, and you know, as we're talking to these people, usually they are stuck in Google Analytics. Their client is used to last click, or they, you know, maybe started with search and social, which do fine on last click, and then they're starting to expand into things like display or video or CTV. And this is where agencies tend to really struggle. How do you prove the impact of those channels, and how do you use that data? to get more money from your clients. This guide, today we're gonna to talk to you, yes, you listening, how you can ask your clients for more money regardless of your seniority. This is a team sport. Let's start by just kind of like laying the foundation. Ad agencies can grow their revenue in two major ways. The first is you acquire a new piece of business, and the second is you increase the revenue from your existing accounts. Now there's technically a third way, which is you do the same work with less staff or you automate processes, but for the sake of growth and an agency growing, these are the two ways to grow. Yeah, enough people have gotten laid off this year. We're not gonna, we don't need to advocate for that right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're not gonna tell you how to automate work if if you've, never mind. There are a lot of posts about automating work with ChatGPT, just like search on LinkedIn or Twitter. Uh, you don't need us for that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, new business is you know unique to every agency, kind of their process and way to do it. Um, but increasing the revenue from your existing accounts is something that almost everybody can do. You know, as we're starting to dive into this, I just like really want to focus in on this is a team sport. There is no one person who can do everything that's needed to grow an account. And this is in part because in order to grow how much money you have from an account, you have to first be delivering really good results. It requires the team to be executing well and servicing that the, the media buys really well. It takes a director, media director, to manage the team and help funnel information and help to manage the client relationship. And it takes a VP or other senior leader um, to be able to uh, manage that client relationship position some of these opportunities, navigate some of those politics. So while it might be the director or the VP that's like ultimately making the ask for more money, everybody in the process um, can contribute. So broadly we see there are three different types of accounts that you're going to go ask for more money from. The first are accounts that really just care about performance. These are the people that, you know, just want results. How would you approach those? Yeah, so these uh, these brands are interesting in that as long as the total ROI of their marketing is above whatever their internal benchmark is, usually like a three to one, they'll continue to invest until they see diminishing returns. Sometimes this is by channel, sometimes this is aggregate budget. Um, so these tend to be like very leaned forward, active, engaged clients. These are the easiest ones to get more money from as long as you're delivering results. You have to just explain to them, this is what we're doing, this is why we want to do it, and this is why we think it's going to be additive to the campaign, and then they'll authorize the test. 
they require very little convincing. So these next two categories are going to be a little more work. Yeah, next you have the accounts that maybe their priority is less on performance or growth and it's more on efficiency or profitability. How do you approach those and what's the big difference? Because I know we mentioned being profitable in ROI for the, for the performance people. Yeah, so um, that first group is like, we have more money to spend as long as it's working. Mm -hmm. This second group is like, well, we can unlock that new spend, but you have to really prove it out to me that it's ROI positive. Maybe they have a skeptical CMO or skeptical CFO, and you have to like really take the data to them, and then like you can make the case and they will unlock that budget. Now, those people, they tend to be very cautious um, about ROI, and like you have to in all these scenarios, you have to be hitting your, your minimum benchmarks. But these brands are going to be just a little bit more like testing the waters before they go all in. So you might say, hey, we think that you should test CTV. Here's this advertiser is going to require you to provide a couple of case studies at the agency. They're going to want some industry research on why CTV matters. They're going to you know, see the data on how that aligns with their target audience and make sure that like they have confidence that this is like really going to be the thing because they're going to take that information and go convince their CFO or whoever. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last category, these are actually the most hesitant. These are the, the marketers that are a little bit slower to innovate. These are the ones that are very comfortable in what they currently do. Maybe they they love their last click because they've been using it for years, or maybe their internal stakeholders understand last click better than other, other methodologies. Um, so they tend to be more hesitant to try new things. And as you can imagine, group one are like the, cool, yeah, like let's test it. Group two is like, well, give me all the data, and then we can go and test it. Mm -hmm. And group three is like, well, if you give me all the data, maybe we'll test it. So progressively more difficult, um, but generally speaking, you're gonna have to have data, both internal or external, to be able to help convince these brands. Now there's actually a fourth category here, but we're not really talking about it, which is how to convince your clients to like go into branding and to do more branding type work. Um, if they haven't already started. If they haven't already started, um, that's like a whole other Topic. So we're, we're just going to kind of avoid that for now because the principles and things that we're going to like walk you guys through uh, are still applicable. You just have to you know adapt performance for uh, branding. Yeah, I would say that these probably exist along the spectrum, right? Like, yes. and it's you're either like hard performance, you're more like middle ground. You know, we care about profitability, but yeah, there's more money if we're sure it's going to work. And then there's the people who are like, uh, I don't know, that sounds risky. Trying new things is uh, like I try new things like two or three times a decade and uh now it's not one of them yeah, exactly <laughs> we know who we're talking to we know it's a team sport now it's time to get that data ready so we can go make the ask so what are the high level steps you'd cover here and any details worth mentioning yeah so you know we talked about this at the beginning most clients are stuck in google analytics handcuffed handcuffed it's free it's easy they've had it forever and so they're like but why doesn't my ctv drive post-click conversions well you know you're going to have a bad time if that's how yeah. you're trying to evaluate it. So getting the data typically means going outside of GA. Now, many agencies might use platform reports from like a DSP that will show the influence of you know the post view activity. Um, some clients accept that. Some clients don't. Um, it kind of you know, really changes. But there are a couple of like data points that you can use that will like really help and convince your clients. Let's start with like how ads perform. So we talk about this insight all the time. 
ads deliver results in two ways. All ads for every advertiser, every single channel does both of these things. It reaches some users that are incremental, have not seen ads in any other channel, or it reaches some users that have seen ads in multiple channels, in which case that channel is supporting a conversion rate. So if you're trying to prove to your client and explain to them how they should be spending or that adding more money is actually going to deliver results, you have to quantify how often that investment is going to do both of those things. Or if you have historical data, you're trying to get them to increase the investment, how historically it has been driving that incremental reach and conversions and has been lifting conversion rate. And so if you quantify this to your advertiser, you say, hey, we've been running $10,000 a month of digital video. 75% of the conversions that it influences see ads in other channel and it lifts conversion rate by, by 20%, let's call it. You say, well, it also delivered 10% of the total conversions and that 10% that it delivered were incremental to everybody else. Okay, so now I can go to my advertiser and say, advertiser, we're spending $10,000 a month on video. 10% of the conversions that this channel touches are incremental, net new, and it increases the conversion rate by 20% when people see video plus display. Now, your advertiser is going to have a really clear view of what's working. The next step is to say, well, if we add more money, we expect, do we expect that 10% incremental to stay the same? If yes, then if I add another $10,000, I can expect a 10% bump in incremental conversions. Um, and so it becomes very easy for the advertiser to understand how this investment could work and what their expected results can be. So this is a really easy way to lay the foundation, explain performance to your client in a way that they'll be able to immediately grasp what incremental spend can do for them. Yeah, it sounds like it's not enough just to say that something is working, but you have to explain how it's working because yes. there's up to this point, most advertisers have maybe tried to do that, but especially in Google Analytics, you just don't have the data to do that. Like what difference does that make? Or did you have, like, was there a time you did this with a client and you switched from like explaining what was working to how things were working and saw the difference? Um, yeah, when you, when you explain at a high level um, just what's working using Google Analytics or platform reporting, you know, that's just a limited amount of information. It's not the full picture. It's not the complete understanding. And it doesn't help to explain what can happen. So for example, in this example that we've been using about video, video is oftentimes a supporting tactic where it doesn't drive a lot of incremental conversions, but it supports conversion rate of other ad channels. Um, but we do see on some advertising and on some campaigns where video is a huge driver of incremental conversions, where it's driving a lot of site traffic and a lot of results. And so if you were to take that those two scenarios and make a recommendation to a client, on paper they could have the same CPA, but investing into that like investing more money in either one of those scenarios are going to drive vastly different results. In one scenario, you're going to get a huge increase in net new sales. In the other scenario, you might see a small bump in incremental sales, but you might see a big bump in conversion rate overall. And so, you know, the question that you know, we're ultimately asking by telling the story is, is it better to drive 
scale of outcomes, incremental results, or is it better to allocate towards efficiency and conversion rate? And just if you if you don't explain the shared and incremental results of each channel, uh, then you don't really know if that investment is going to, which one of those it's going to do, if it's going to drive growth or if it's going to improve conversion rate. So now that we've covered the data, we have the data, we know the game we're playing, we know which clients we're taking this to, uh, you know, probably trying to start with the easiest ones, pick the low hanging fruit. Um, let's talk through a framework for asking more budget and how tactically this works. There's a storytelling format that we use that is incredibly helpful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna establish a baseline that if you don't have third-party measurement in place and you can't explain how ads are delivering results, both incremental and, and shared, um, then ideally you would start there, but it, there's going to be a lot of you listening where that's just not the case and you need to kind of get going. So um, add measurement in when you can. It's going to make your life so much easier. Um, but here's the five-step process. First, you have to start with explaining the current situation and why it's problematic. Why do we need to do something different? Why do we need to spend more money? Why do we need to increase our allocation? Um, you know, you might not use the word problematic in this, but like, what's the current situation and why there's room for growth? Yeah. And especially aligning this with what your advertiser is trying to accomplish, what the client wants, you know, the marketing manager you're talking to, or the director of marketing, the CMO that you work hand in hand with, that you meet with every month or twice a month, what are the things that they're accountable for? What are the things they're trying to accomplish? What's keeping them up at night? Okay, how can you help them accomplish those things? And you know, this new whatever increase spend in whatever channel or across your media mix that you're proposing, align it, you know, figure out how like that's the situation you want to talk about is the thing they really care about. Find their single priority, not one of their priorities, and then you know, connect your solution to that problem. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, part of that is step two, explaining why the change is needed and what the expected outcome is. Yeah. So I think getting into this why change is needed, like we're going to talk about this current situation, why it's problematic, but the why change is needed is pretty simple because we're just saying, hey, like if we want to get to the goal, if you want to accomplish X, if you want to, you know, hit your annual goal, then, you know, we need to change. And these are the big things I see as the levers we can pull. Yep. You're then going to define the solution or um, make the like recommendation. So um, let's kind of put these first three into a, a real world example because I think that'll that'll solidify this. So um, let's suppose that you are running an account. There's you know fairly robust media mix. There's lots of search, lots of social remarketing, some affiliates. Um, maybe you have a little bit of digital video and a little bit of digital audio in there. You might say, hey, the current situation is that we have scaled out our search and our social and we can't invest any more money there. We need to go further up the funnel in order to raise new awareness with new users, bring them to the site for the first time so that we can continue our search and social investments and that we can continue to like move towards our goals. Yeah, I think a really powerful thing in this example is to say with our current situation, like, look, over the last three months, we keep adding spend and we're hitting diminishing returns, right? Every dollar of incremental ad spend in search and social is only turning into 80 cents of revenue each month. And so it's time to try new tactics because, you know, as your agency, 
I'm not okay with you spending a dollar and only getting 80 cents out. Right. So you might say, hey, what, the change that we need is we need to begin investing more in mid funnel and upper funnel and raise awareness with new users. And we expect that if we raise awareness with new users, that our search and social will continue to perform at the level that they you know, need to perform at. Yeah. And telling stories with that too is really helpful, especially if you're introducing a new tactic like, hey, here's another client or here's an industry case study where when someone did this thing I'm recommending you do, this is the positive result. So I expect that we're going to see the same thing. Yep. Um, so then you should explain how your budget increase, what you're recommending, is going to deliver on the expected results. You might use your historical data. So let's suppose that you're spending $10,000 a month in video, and you can see through your platform reporting that that turns into, I'm gonna make this up, 500 site visitors every month, and five conversions every month. Not a ton. But what you can say is like, well, if we double our video investment, we think that we can go from 500 site visitors to 1,000. And we think that if we you know, adjust our retargeting a little bit, we can actually go from two conversions, not to just four conversions, but we can actually turn that up to eight. And so using any data that you have currently, um, whether that's for that advertiser or for another advertiser, and just be able to explain like some approximate forecast, very loose, I will say. Um, and so that will help the advertiser to understand like, okay, like this is why we're running into the situation. We need to start filling the top in the middle of the funnel or we're spending a little bit there, but we actually need to invest more. Um, this is the recommended budget. This is what we expect to get from that budget. And then the last piece of this is what we call like the solution details. So this is recommended budget, timing, um, any of the kind of like nuts and bolts if you're going to use a new piece of technology, if you're going to be doing, you know, new creative or whatever that looks like. Um, and so this format can really help to, you know, paint the picture for your advertiser why they need to invest or why you want them to invest more money, you know, how that fits into their overall marketing budget, marketing plans and goals, right? Laddering that up to what does the CMO care about? You know, if you're 35% of the way through the year and you're only 20% to goal, that's probably a moment in time where you might look at your, you know, allocation and decide to, uh, you know, ask for more budget on a particular tactic. And then following that through to explain how it's going to deliver on the results, what those expected results are going to be. Um, and then at that point, if you've made a good case, your advertiser will likely um, give you the green light. So how often do you think you could do something like this and go and ask advertisers for more money? Because I, I feel like there's a limit. You don't want to tire them out and be doing this every six weeks. Um, you don't. This is probably... This is probably every three to six months. And it'll depend on the advertiser, it depends on their budget. You know, we've talked about this right now from a, a lens of like we've maxed out our growth and performance, but like there's also a scenario in which you're crushing it. You're delivering five to one ROI on every dollar that they give you. And you're like, hey, uh, if you give me another $10,000, I can turn that into 50 grand for you. Or maybe it doesn't, your forecast is not that it turns into 50, but it turns into 45, and there's some diminishing returns, right? But um, there's lots of different ways that this can can go about. It's gonna you know, kind of depend. Like, 
this kind of goes back to those personas that we talked about. Is this an advertiser who's like leaned forward, ready to spend more money if there's the ROI case? Are they extremely reserved and only make you know budget changes every so often? Or do they kind of land somewhere in the middle where as long as there's a good case for it and a data-backed you know, example or whatever, that they can actually go and authorize it? And that's largely you know, dependent on the inner workings of an advertiser, if they, you know, what their processes are and how tight their finances are. Gotcha. Yeah, the other thing I think here is don't be timid to strike when the iron is hot. Yes. If you have asked for more money and you deliver that five-to-one ROI and it was a huge success, even with a very timid client, like that is the time to ask for more. And that's the time to say like, Hey, like this really worked. Look like same thing as two months ago when I asked you this, like, you know, if we did this, I'm expecting this much more result. And even with a timid client, like the worst thing they're going to do is say no. And they might be like, Oh, that's kind of annoying that like my ad agency wants more money out of me again. But like the thing they're going to remember, uh, you know, they're, they're probably not going to remember that they're just going to remember that like, you delivered a great result on this proposal you made two months ago for asking for more money and that it worked. Yep. So you're probably a bit safer to stretch a little more, ask a little more once you've delivered a win. Um, yes. There's a, an expression that I love, which is the value of services diminishes rapidly with time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the best time to ask for more money is in the moment that you present the results that say, Hey, I asked you for more money. Look at what I did for you. It worked. Great. Can I have some more, please? Yeah. Please, sir. Can I have some more? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the moment because in that moment, they're going to be like, wow, awesome, amazing. And if you let it go two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, you're be like, ah, oh, yeah. But like, there's just something about human psychology where like people don't value things um, as much the further it gets from that event. So if you have the data to show them like this works, this is awesome and amazing, double down and ask for more money. Yeah. Uh, that's when I've had the most success. Yeah. So a couple people recently have asked us about viewing how ads work in sequence. We talk a lot about like how ads work in media mixes and they work together. Uh, like what's your take on sequence of ads? Like, does it matter if the programmatic ad becomes before or after the search? And like when you're looking at the data, how do you factor those things in? I'm going to say generally sequence doesn't, matter and i'm sure there's somebody in the comments or if if you disagree dm me i would love to have this conversation but we'll have you on um (laughs) but here's the thing is like every user journey begins differently did i identify a need for a category of product i need some new footwear and then did i begin my research on paid search or did I, do I have a moment in time where I'm like, I need some new flip-flops and I begin my research. Um, now I might just go do some Googling. Maybe I click on some paid search ads. Maybe I don't realize that I have a need for new flip-flops, but an article comes up in one of my feeds and I read this article and now I'm like flagged as like in market for flip-flops. So the same need starts three different ways. And so in that first instance, I'm probably going to go through paid search. Um, In the last instance where I'm like reading the content first, um, I might actually be served a video ad in a couple of days. And so um, 
if we try to force a sequence of ads to a user, we are making a lot of assumptions about where they are. Now, I am a firm believer that cross-channel frequency is exceptionally important. It's actually one of the things that our internal data for all across all of our advertisers shows makes one of the biggest differences in results. But it matters a little bit less if I see the video ad first and then go in through paid search, or if I go in through paid search and then I'm later served video. Um, because if I've identified the need, I'm gonna begin my journey where I need to begin my journey. And those tactics are going to work to persuade me that that's the one brand that I should actually buy or um, have. So I think like the exact sequence of it has to be video first, then native, then search, then remarketing is less important than knowing that, hey, when we combine video plus search plus remarketing, that converts at 6% and accounts for 20% of all of our our conversions. That's insightful. That matters. Because now I can go find the people who only saw search and go serve them video and remarketing. I can find the people who have only seen remarketing and serve them video, right? Like there's all of a sudden a lot of things that you can do. And again, everyone's journey is going to be a little bit different. So um, I think the sequence of ads, especially as it relates to creative, matters a lot less. Gotcha. Do you think there's a situation where I could analyze my data and find that actually first touch for, you know, my highest AOV for like 80% of my highest AOV customers first touches this channel and like would sequence matter there to deploy more money into like discovering that channel or? Yeah, so it certainly does. And um, we actually have an analysis that uncovers this. We have a view that shows the attributed conversion counts and revenue by channel based on if it was the first touch, the last touch, or some touch in between, which is really just like a U-shaped fractional credit model, just visualized differently. The data is useful in aggregate this way to see a macro trend of like, to your point, oh, when we lead first with video, then our conversion rate is three times higher and our AOV is 10% higher. Um, when people start with search, they convert lower or higher than when they start with display. Um, so these types of insights are useful in aggregate to understand a general sequence or a general channel that could be used in a first touch. Um, but it's not usually useful at the user level because then you're starting to get into like causation. On an individual user level, you can, you can ask the question, well, did this video impression cause the search query and the search conversion? Or would that search query have happened anyways and I wasted my money, yeah. right? Like that causation piece is just like not very well, not, not easily answered by our tech or anybody else's. That requires omniscience. Like don't, yeah, I think the general rule, don't ask marketing advertising questions that would require omniscience to answer them. Right, yeah. So if we were to look at this analysis and it were to say that when you start with video, that converts higher and the AOV is higher. Well, the reality is there's no practical way for me to deliver a multi-million dollar campaign where I always lead with video. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, well also I think like the even worse variation of this would be stressing on like 
steps three, four, and five in the media mix and trying to force this very specific sequence of ads to happen. And yes. like we, you can't treat ads like an email drip. Yes, exactly. So I've done this before. I have gone through painstaking planning and organization and structure to make sure that someone starts here and says this, and this, 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 this. And um, I've had both wild successes with that and wild failures. There was one campaign in particular where we blew the goal like 182% out of the water. There's another campaign where we struggled and we ended up splitting the media budget and just doing like a more generic, less sequenced set of like campaigns and it actually outperformed. So like, I'm also going to add the caveat of a highly sequenced approach worked well in a third party cookie world with lots of behavioral targeting. Those days are very numbered and tracking limitations in iOS 14 have made it so that structuring that sort of campaign, is it still possible? Yeah, but it's a lot of work and it's gonna be much less effective today than it was even three to five years ago. So um, it's probably worth trying to understand, generally speaking, where are my entry points into my path to purchase? Where are the last touch points? We do this a lot with paid search where we'll get down to like which ad groups are the first touch point and which ad groups are the last touch point so people can get a better sense of like how people are moving through. Um, but it's only generally useful in aggregate and it's not usually worth the over sequencing and overstructuring um, to try and force everyone through a very linear path. When everyone's user journey and their own acknowledgement of their needs and, and their research are going to happen in a bazillion different ways. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, and if you're looking for a better way to prove that your campaigns are working and find the best ways to optimize spend, we invented bimodal attribution so you can see exactly how ad spend turns into results and make more of your campaigns. You can learn more about PMA at mintmeasure.com. See you next time.